This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have so much fun because we're going to be talking about a subject that is a marketing subject, but it applies to everyone. Anyone who has a business can use this technique and really should be thinking about it. Um, it doesn't matter if you are a one-person business operating out of just your garage, your basement, or if you're you know, a company that does millions, billions of dollars worth of, of uh, business a year, this is, is something that we all need to learn something about. So please join me in welcoming my guest today, Tom Augenfeller. Welcome, Tom. Hey, Deb, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. So let me tell people a little bit about you before we jump in. So as I said, today's guest is one of the top 50 practitioners of the exciting digital strategy known as influencer marketing. Tom Augenthaler consults with companies large and small to help them leverage influencers to improve their ROI. Since 2008, he's been working with well-known brands such as HP, Time, Adobe, and SAP Ariba to raise brand awareness, generate leads, and outflank competitors. Again, please welcome Tom Augenthaler to our program. I'm really thrilled to be here, Deb. Thank you. Well, let's you know, let's kind of take a, a little you know backwards trend here for a moment. How is it that you discovered that this is your passion in life? Well, it's it's kind of interesting you ask that because it it happened by mistake. Um, a I happy was, mistake, <laughs> isn't that what the the oh the painting guy? All of a sudden, I drew a blank. A happy accident. <laughs> yeah, happy accident, right? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a good time in which I found all of this out because it, it really occurred around. 2008, 2009, mm -hmm. when, you know, the economy was getting shaky and then it really started to go down. You know, remember when Obama was coming in and Bush was going out and the, all the problems with the banks and all that stuff. It was really a lot of problems. And I was at HP at the time and I was in their PR department for one of their divisions and I handled consumer laptops mm -hmm. worldwide. Mm -hmm. So any kind of an announcement that went out about some laptop product I was involved with often helping to structure the strategy and, you know, the tactics around announcing that product. So anyway, the problem was that a lot of publications that we dealt with were going out of business. They were closing right. up. Journalists mm -hmm. were jumping ship and they were getting other jobs. Um, and it was really kind of a crazy time. So we used to sit around in the department and talk about things like, well, you know, who are we going to go to to, right. like, mm -hmm. to get the word out about our products? Because mm -hmm. The publications we've been working with for years are going out of business. What do we do? So mm -hmm. that's when I started looking into bloggers because hmm. there was this growing trend of people blogging online mm -hmm. and, then, and, you know, and then blogging about specific topics. So one of the topics, fortunately, was about technology and technology products because, mm -hmm. as you know, you know, there's a lot of iPhone aficionados or laptop people mm -hmm. or whatever it is. There's People have got their little things they like to follow and really get to know and then publish about or write about. 
So I started to try and hone in on those people. And, you know, we ended up working with about 10 or 12 of them at first as a test. And it worked out really well. So I just kept doing it. Mm -hmm. And then as I, and then I noticed that the content they were putting out was actually in a lot of cases better than the content that publications were putting out. Mm, Interesting. It was longer. It was more in depth. It was Mm -hmm. to the point. It was really about that person's experience with the product Mm -hmm. in environments where they just took it, like to go to a coffee shop, they'd write about it. They'd say, I worked on this presentation in this Mm -hmm. coffee shop. You know, the Wi-Fi was good, da, 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 da. You know, the laptop took a lot of, you know, shaking and everything. I mean, whatever it was that they decided Mm -hmm. to talk about, it was really positive stuff. So I just, at that point, I was like, boy, this is, this is going to be something that's going to take off. This is Mm -hmm. going to become its own discipline. So, I ended up leaving HP, joining a small consultancy that that focused just on influencer marketing and did that for many years before going off on my own. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just and one of the one of the things I helped set up when I when I joined that consultancy was HP ended up coming to us and saying, look, we want to set up an influencer marketing program. It was not the same division that I worked in before, mm-hmm. but it was enterprise division. Mm-hmm. So it was all about servers and network computing and enterprise storage and things Mm -hmm. like that. So we actually sat down and scoped out a vision and a strategy and then executed it for them for many years. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was really a wild and woolly time. (laughs) And it was, it it was really, it was like wild West when they talk Mm -hmm. about wild West, you know, as a comparison, it really Mm was. And and to a degree, it still is, but Mm -hmm. It's, it's a little more organized now than it was then. Right. Well, let's start with a definition. What is an influencer? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and it's one that really people don't ask enough of. The, of. Right. Or they're uh, very confused about it. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and there's a reason for that, because there are all kinds of influencers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there are, you know, for instance, there are celebrities. Right. There are book authors, right, mm-hmm. or, or, or influencers. Uh, well-respected people in their in their different professions mm-hmm. are influencers because very often they speak, you know, they go to speaking event, you know, they speak uh, on behalf of their company, they run workshops, um, you know, they they publish white papers, you know. Um, then there's Instagrammers, right? There's there's people on Instagram have built substantial followings of hundreds of thousands, hundreds even of millions. Thousands, of I know. I'm like, really? You know, there's a, there's a guy, uh, there's a guy, a, a podcaster a fellow podcaster named Joe Rogan. I think mm-hmm. he's got 4 million, I don't know, followers at this point. It's pretty astounding. That's bigger when you think about it than some TV networks get right. on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, all the shows that, you know, they spend millions of dollars a year on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so all of these people are, are, are influencers. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of figuring out which ones are right for you. Right. And that's all going to be determined upon your, you know, your goal and, and your business and what you're trying to achieve. So, well, and it it I, we were talking before the program started that a lot of times we think of it in a negative light because we see some of the things that that go wrong, um, you know, and and it tends to be more along the lines of the celebrity type of of people, you know, and we think, oh my gosh. How can, you know, a 16-year-old girl have 2 million followers that watch her put on makeup? And and then she gets paid for it. Yeah, you know, and and we're thinking, what the heck? What, what, as as my mother would say, 
what is this world coming to? You know, and and we, but it's it is the same thing as if you know the one person down the street that you know talks about hey you've got this great thing you know it, it is it's a matter of scale um you know all of these things and and part of it has definitely come about because of technology because of social media um you know it used to be that you got your influencers just from your local community and now you can reach millions of people around the world and and so you know it's it, it, it's the same thing um but it just you know it, it scales up exactly it's just the technology has enabled mm-hmm regular ordinary people to collect audiences around their passion and now they don't have to wait to become a celebrity in a traditional Mm -hmm. method you know usually it was movie stars rock stars you know whatever you name it you had to get famous first and Mm -hmm. then you would then you were influential now you don't even have to do that you could be the 16 year old girl putting on makeup you can be the 16-year-old who does makeup every day on her YouTube channel or Instagram channel, mm-hmm. and now you know you're in it. You're they are influential. They mm-hmm. are because their their followers are going to follow their advice mm-hmm. and and perhaps even purchase product that they recommend. So it's a very powerful platform that it's become. It is, you know, and, and as I said, it ends up in many cases with a negative connotation. You know, we look at say Kim Kardashian, and people are like, "Oh, you know." And then you have ones, you know, you you have. I, I I was researching before we started the program, and I went to, of course, the ultimate source, Wikipedia, <laughs> and um, you know, and and it said that you know the first celebrity type of spokespeople were the royal families back in the seventeen hundreds. You know, they would drink somebody's ale, you know, and they'd say, oh, hey, King George likes our, our ale, you know, whatever it was. Um, and, and the first true, really big name that a lot of people recognized was Michael Jordan. You know, when, when he started really um, working for Nike, I guess it was, and, um, you know, and, and promoting their products, then, you know, people started thinking, wow, you know, and, and but then we have things, good or bad, you know, let's see, you know, like, you know, people like Colin Kaepernick. Some people, of course, really think what he's doing is great. Other people disagree. And so that's sometimes where the influencers, you know, can, can have, uh, you know, a, a situation that comes up where, you know, maybe they started as just the, the celebrity spokesperson, you know, and again, whether they're celebrity of having 10 followers or 10 million, um, and, and it morphs into what their personality is. And to me, that's not a bad thing. Because when I see someone who is endorsing something, and clearly they are just paid to do it, I'm like, whatever. You're like, I'm sorry, I don't believe Matthew McConaughey drives a Lincoln. He might. (laughs) But but yeah, and, and so when they put their personalities into it, I think that maybe that makes that more real. Is that the maybe what what happens? Yeah, that's that's what what people in my industry call authenticity. Mm-hmm. So it's it's when somebody's authentic. So when you when you go back to that that example you brought up about the sixteen year old on Instagram with you know, a million followers who follow her makeup tips and whatever, um, that's authentic because that's right. what she cares about, mm-hmm. right? So that that young lady cares about that and she she's passionate about it and she likes to try out new products and like different looks and whatever else and talk about skin tone and everything. Well. You know, it's easier to relate to that person if they really care about it. Right. The Matthew McConaughey thing, I'm the same as you. I watch these commercials with him and I'm like, yeah, he's kind of a cool dude, but 
Uh, do I believe he's going out to like drive his Lincoln and leave the party? I don't think so. I I see him in a Ferrari or a Mercedes or a, you know, something else. I don't know what, but you know, it's it's but that that's a commercial. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that that's a commercial, mm-hmm. and that's why ads are really not trusted today. Statistically, mm-hmm. trust in ads and in brands in general has been declining. Mm-hmm. And that's why brands are now looking to influencers, whether the brand is a small brand or a large brand, doesn't really matter. They're looking for that authenticity to be able to leverage that and then reach the target market to influence right. them. Right. So it's, they're, they're, they're now having to go through these ordinary people who are authentic to, to make a connection. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and we expect an ad to say something good about the product or service. I mean, you know, it's supposed to. It's not going to say, oh, eat here, we're okay. <laughs> right, know? right, right. Buy our car. It, you know, it's, it'll get you where you need to go. <laughs> and True. So, you know, that's where the authenticity does come in. You know, when we, when we know somebody is truly passionate about something, even if we disagree with them, we're like, oh, okay, you know, that, good for them. Yeah, they're making, they're, 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 they're putting a stake in the ground and making a stand about something. Mm-hmm. So Kaepernick, for instance, he's a very polarizing figure. Mm-hmm. People either love him or they hate him. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if there's a lot of people in between. Right. Uh, uh, Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. you know, she's got millions of followers. Uh, she's built it up over time. She's built many businesses. I mean, she's, she's not only a, uh, an influencer and a celebrity, but she's a really, she's a businesswoman mm-hmm. too. So she's, you know, building brands and doing all of that. So she, very intelligent lady. Mm-hmm. Again, but she's a polarizing figure. Right. Right. People either love her or they hate her. Mm-hmm. Right. But but polarization is not bad. Right. Polarization is is what attracts mm-hmm. the people you want to have to attract to you and then repels the people that you really don't want anyway. Right. So so it ends up being a, a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, where the ads come in, again, it's like when McConaughey's driving Lincoln, he's never saying, Oh, it didn't break well when I came up to the stoplight. Mm-hmm. Or he's not saying, gee, on the highway, it doesn't handle as nice as, gee, the, the Mercedes does, right? If he did, then the ad would be something completely different, right? right? It'd be a Mercedes <laughs> ad. <laughs> it, it, it would be Mercedes ad, or, or, you know, but when you, when you read something or watch something an influencer talks about, and that influencer's being authentic about it, they will often throw in negatives. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, For, this happened to me with HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the laptops, you know, they might say, well, the keyboard really didn't respond as well to this or that. But I didn't look at that negative as being bad. Right. I looked at it as being, well, that they're just being genuine. Mm-hmm. And when they're genuine like that, that's, that's going to help drive the message actually. And that's actually going to help build the, their authenticity is, is bolstered by that. Right. Right. And I didn't find that it hurt the laptops at all, actually, what we did was we took that feedback back to the organization mm-hmm. and said, look, there are complaints out there about the keyboard, the size mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know, and, you know, can you adjust it for the next model that comes mm-hmm. out? So they would, they would actually take that into consideration and they've actually made changes, modifications based on what some of the influencers right. have provided in terms mm-hmm. of feedback. So that was really beneficial. Mm-hmm. It was positive, productive. Right. Well, and of course, you know, then you're also getting feedback from the people who are responding to that influencer. 
Um, you know, and, and so, you know, the, the 16 year old makeup thing, you know, maybe a bunch of people post in there, love the makeup, but can't get the, the container open. Okay. So you go back and, and you, you know, you go back to your design team and you say, wait a minute. Yeah. We're, we're having trouble with this. The people are saying, um, you know, and and then of course the cool thing is if they mention it, you know, so then the influencer says, you know, we heard you, we knew that this was a problem. So it got fixed. Exactly. So, again, that's that that depends on the attitude of the organization whether they're going to take that in. And and, and at first, you know, HP was a little like, "Oh, who are these people? Why should we right. listen?" Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know. But at the same time, they were spending money on focus groups mm-hmm. to determine the same thing. Yeah, and it it and, is the same thing. Right. And what I said to them was, "Well, what you're getting here is better feedback because a these people like to use laptop mm-hmm. products. They like mm-hmm. this stuff, and they like to talk about it, and they like to they like to they like to show other people." what they know about it. Mm-hmm. So take the information back and, and use it to your advantage. And, you know, they ended up doing that fortunately and, and everybody looked at it as a positive mm-hmm. eventually. So that was, that was good. That was, that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and we do love it when it is the everyday person as opposed to the, the celebrity. Um, it was funny when I was making all my connections with you on social media, I noticed that you and I are both connected to Dave Taylor. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Colorado. So, you know, new Dave, Dave's been on the program. Um, and you know, he is some, he does reviews, you know, and, and that is what, you know, part of how he makes his living and, you know, and, and, and people recognize that. I mean, you know, either he is paid and, or he gets the product for free. I mean, you know, uh, uh, let's just face it. That's the way this happens. You know, it is nice if you, if people just out of the goodness of their heart say, Hey, this is fabulous. But, you know, Dave is somebody who reviews things and he also responds to questions. You know, like, you know, I've, I've sent him questions before and said, oh my gosh, I have X and I can't get it to do whatever. And he'll respond. So, you know, he has truly nurtured being an influencer. Yeah, Dave is somebody that I, you know, this is funny you bring him up because I think I was in, um, God, I was living in Chicago at the time, I think, and I went to a uh, uh, an internet conference at the time. And Dave was one of the speakers. Mm-hmm. And I always remember Dave because he was one of the first people to set up an internet mall online right. mm-hmm. where shops could come and then rent space on mm-hmm. his mall to, to talk about, you know, to, to attract buyers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always thought that was kind of cool. Dave was always a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah, he is. He's you one know? of those real forward thinking people. Yeah, exactly. And then when I, I, I ended up working with him a bit, uh, through the years for, you know, <clears throat> different technology products, you know, including him and program influencer mm-hmm. programs, you know, to review them, whatever else. And, you know, Dave, Dave knows this, the whole deal. I mean, if he's, if he's getting a laptop for, for free to review, he's going to tell you that, you know, right. he's going to say, Hey, the mm-hmm. company gifted this to me. Yep. I am going to review this. I'm going to really put it through its paces. Mm-hmm. You're going to know everything I know about it. And you can make your own decision mm-hmm. about whether right. it's the kind of product you want. And he yeah. doesn't hesitate to say bad. You know, no, and, and no, no, he doesn't. And I think that's one of the cool things about any influencer is, you know, as we were saying, when they don't hesitate to say, you know what, this doesn't work. And the people who work with them know that you're taking that risk of them saying, uh-oh, no. <laughs> yeah, see, this is one of, the, one, of the, one of the key factors to doing influencer marketing well. Right is that when you're approaching influencers like Dave and you've got a product and you'd like them to review it, 
you don't just reach out to them and say, hey, Dave, I've got this new product. You know, would you like to review it? And then if he says yes, just send it to him and then hope mm-hmm. for the best. I mean, that's not what you do. Right. What you do is you get on the phone with Dave. You say, mm-hmm. hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you the product. It's going to, you know, we're going to gift it to you. Uh, please say that on your program, you know, for FTC considerations. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be upfront. And then what I'd like to do is have a phone call with you and kind of walk through the product mm-hmm. and the kind of market it's meant for. Because ah. if you just give somebody a product like that, right. you know, some laptops, for instance, are designed for a business person mm-hmm. in mind. So it's a road warrior. It's mm-hmm. somebody who's going to, it's going to be small, sleek. Mm-hmm. It's going to have enough, right. you know, it's going to have enough memory. It's going to have enough, you know, CPU power to be able to just do what they need to do. But it's not going to be for video editing. Right. It's right. not a gamer model. It's not a gamer model. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've got to make all of that very clear. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is to get on the phone with the, the influencer, walk them through it and say, look, this is the target market that we've identified for this. This is, this is you know, here are its positives. If you're going to try to use it for these other things, it's, it's not going to meet mm-hmm. your expectations, right? So let them know that up front right. <clears throat> so that, you know, they're not dinging you on something that mm-hmm. they shouldn't you want right and, so that, and in their review you want them to say this is not a laptop for gamers exactly exactly you want to you want to you want to hone it down so that those people in their audience that are your target market are going to know that it's for them mm-hmm. right so that's part of it you've got to educate the influencer about the product mm-hmm. so I, I mean i would do that for whatever product it is a beauty right. product a tech product you know whatever it happens to be you've got to let them know mm-hmm. What it what it's about and who it's for, right? You know, because no product is perfect for mm-hmm. everybody. It mm-hmm. just so. Well, and every reviewer needs that little bit of direction. Um, I always tell people on LinkedIn when you're asking for a recommendation, give them a little guidance. You know, and it, it, granted, there are some people who will say, "Write it for me. Tell me what you want me to say." Ugh, okay, then that. <laughs> but you know, I. It, For example, when I'm working with people who are in the job market and I'm saying, okay, you need to go back to people you used to work with, just don't say, hey, Tom, give me a recommendation because you're going, "Uh, I worked with her. (laughs) And, 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 And so then what happens is you get this, Deb was a great person to work with. She did her job on time. Yeah. But if I say, hey, Tom, give me a recommendation about the time that we worked on Project X back in 2014, then you've you've got the context so that the review and or the recommendation actually makes sense um you know and 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 so you know the same thing is is with influencers you know you want to give them a little bit of context without telling them what to say because let's be honest if you're telling them what to say that's an ad. (laughs) If they're just typing it, that's, that's not authentic. Um, Now they might come pretty close to thinking that, but don't do it for them. That's one of the, that's one of the things that comes up when you, when you've mentioned earlier in our conversation here about uh, negative things that get said about influencers. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that comes up. It's usually there's two types of stories that come out about influencer marketing. The first is, Oh my gosh, look, this person totally, went off the rails and, you know, they started yelling and screaming in some parking lot or they, they demanded something from some hotel owner because they're a right. travel influencer and the, the owner posted this online and now the media's got a hold of it. Oh, these influencers are all out of control, right? 
And then the other half, the other, the other, the other side of that is the other side of the coin is where all of these stories about how much money people are making using influencers, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, you got a 650% ROI using influencers as opposed to other digital mm -hmm. strategies. Well, I mean, that's a misleading, that's a, that's a misleading number. Uh, because there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Well, what was the industry? You know, what was the kind of product? You know, what were the influencers? I, I so there's a whole bunch of different things that come to mind. But those, it's very polarizing. So it's again, right. it's people like to complain about oh these influencers they're so you know they're they're so full of themselves. And then on the other half, you know, you've got you know all this talk about how much money's being made, and it's very misleading. So it's and really the truth is in the middle. Right going to have some bad apples out there yes i've run into some and then you're going to and then there are there are there are situations where the program just doesn't work out that well the mm -hmm. campaign didn't work that well and then you've got to go back and do a forensic analysis on it and figure out well what was it that failed right right um what was it that didn't make it was it the did we choose the wrong influencers mm -hmm. uh did they did they not reach the target market that we wanted was it our fault meaning the marketing team did we not think about the correct CTA or were there, was there too much involved, whatever it happens to be, you know, not every program goes right. So you've got to, you've got to, you've got to dissect it, figure out what happened. And right. so the next time around, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> well, and so much of this, all of it <laughs> really does rely on the, the basic marketing things. You know, you have to know who your audience is, where they are reached, you know, all of these various things, and then choose the influencer that is appropriate. Um, I work with senior living communities. So if, say, we did an influencer campaign that featured millennials, you're going to be like, oh, that doesn't make sense because, you know, it, but, but if it's somebody like me who's <clears throat> not a millennial, um, you know, I'm, I'm a baby boomer. And so if I were talking about, hey, this is a, you know, this is a, a great community where I want my mother to live, my father to live, you know, whatever, it, it's much more believable than somebody in their late 20s. Because somebody in their late 20s is, is for one thing, they're thinking about grandma or grandpa. And, yeah. and they're not that decision maker, you know, because that comes back to it too, is, you know, I, you know, might be the decision maker for that and and so my it is again more authentic when I'm saying something about it. Yeah, so that's a great point. So you brought up a few different things there. So for senior living communities, if that was the if that was your client, senior living community, uh, the first thing I would think of is what you just pointed out. You want to find influencers who are of the right age group mm -hmm. to be even talking about this because right. somebody who's 28 years old. They're thinking about going out and having, going to parties and their career and, you know, where they want to live and do they want to buy a house? All these different, it's a whole different set of life issues. You know, now when you're talking about a senior living community, although you've been all through that before, mm -hmm. you know, been there, done that. Right. Now you're looking at different phase of life. So you want to find people who are in the right age demographic. Mm -hmm. Then you also want to find people that who writes about this? Who talks mm -hmm. about this? Are there are there people that have YouTube channels to talk about mm -hmm. this to try and help other people figure these things out? Because these questions are not easy to figure out. Right. You know, I've watched my own parents go through this with their parents, meaning my grandparents, and now I'm watching my parents, you know, talk about these issues. So it's it's a very um, it's a very contextual, mm -hmm. and and you've got to you've got to you've got to be very mindful of that. So 
you know, and then the other thing is you don't need 10,000 influencers to be talking about this. You right. might just need five or six, mm -hmm. a handful, maybe a dozen, depending upon what you're really looking to achieve. Mm -hmm. Most people, most companies are using influencer marketing to build brand awareness because right. there's so much competition out mm -hmm. there right now through ads, digital advertising, digital diff different digital marketing strategies. So influencers can help cut through all that noise because it's person to person. Mm -hmm. People buy from people. They don't buy necessarily from brands. Right. So they connect more with people, which is what we've been talking about mm -hmm. here. So at the senior living community thing, I'd look for influencers that talked about these topics that, you know, had a probably some kind of regular cadence of content that came out, had a, had a, had a quality following that I could identify. And it does, again, it doesn't have to be 10 million people. It could be a smaller very focused right. audience. Maybe it's just a few thousand people on a mm -hmm. podcast, you know, that talks about these types of issues and stuff. That's perfect. Right. That's well, that's that's what you want to get into. The, you know, you want you really it, want that because you you've only got say a facility that that has seventy beds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be that that mm -hmm. issue too. Mm -hmm. You know, and then there's you know, does Medicare pay for this or whatever Social Security and all these other issues. This is very complicated stuff. Right. And it's not, it's not easy. It's not like, well, should I just buy this phone over that phone? Mm -hmm. Or should I get this app over that app or this gaming PC over that gaming PC or whatever you're talking about? This is, these, these questions are a lot more involved. Right. So <laughs> you're going right. to probably look for influencers who really delve into the topic and talk about these really kind of hard issues. That, right. You know, they're, they're, they're not, easy to mm -hmm. discuss or easy to figure out. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the things that, you know, it never, it never even really occurred to me until I was reading some of your information and then just what we're talking about just now is the fact that, as I said at the very start of the program, anyone can use an influencer. You know, it doesn't have to be the big brands. Um, you know, it can be something much smaller and it can be something very industry specific. You know, I love in, in one of your blog posts, you were talking about getting an influencer for the funeral industry. Now that's, yeah. that is pretty darn specific. Um, but if, if you get somebody that is an influencer in that industry, it, it's, it's, it really is worth its weight in gold. It is. And that's that I, you know, I talk about the funeral industry uh, because, well, it goes back to uh, my son is friends with another boy in his grade. And the, that other boy's dad is CEO of a rather large funeral company. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they call it a funeral company. I think they call it something. Yeah, else. there's some fancy life. I don't know, whatever it is. They put some uh -huh. artful term around it, but um Anyway, uh, he and I were having a conversation one day just about this, about marketing and everything else. And he was asking, well, you know, are there influencers in the industry? I said, sure there are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, if you can, now, if you can find influencers that, that write about the funeral industry, now you're going to find two types. You're going to find people that write about the industry that are in the industry. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to find people that talk about that are more ordinary people mm -hmm. that talk about end of life issues like right. that. Mm -hmm. And they, they will talk about what it means to go through the process of burying a loved one, right? It, so they're yeah, going to talk almost about almost more like a testimonial. Here's how they were to work with type of thing. Right, right. It's like, well, what was that company mm -hmm. like to work with, or mm -hmm. that, that funeral home, or whatever? I, you know, so it. But the point is, is that you can get niche down. You can get really, really niche specific 
with influencers. You just have to look harder. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of just going to Instagram and finding somebody there. Now, I was, I was just speaking at a conference in LA uh, <clears throat> last month, and I, and, I, and I gave the example of, because in downtown LA, there's all these different uh, scaffolding and things going up. They're doing all this building like crazy. And I said to, I said to the audience, I said, look, if, if you're in a business that deals with heavy machinery and equipment that needed to build skyscrapers and big buildings, you're not going to Instagram to find your influence. Right. Yeah. Because the right. people aren't there looking. Right. Nobody buys, you know, an, uh, a Komatsu excavator because of a post on Instagram what? that says, wow, this is fun to drive. Right. You know, I mean, nobody the does greatest, Whatever it is I've ever used. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how much those cost, but they're probably, probably a few million oh, bucks. Right. And if you're a company that looks to purchase that kind of equipment, well, that is a, there's a certain sales cycle involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's probably salespeople that that company deals with before, you know, so there's a whole different thing, but you can find influencers that can help that every portion of the sales cycle, every portion of the sales funnel from, you know, from the awareness, the top of the funnel to the middle of the funnel to the very bottom, where it comes down to the purchasing decision. Mm -hmm. There are influencers that can help nudge the person in your direction. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of finding those people. For, but it just it just takes a little time, care, and you've got to you've got to really know, like you said before, your target market. Who is that market? Right. I mean, we all talk about target markets. Oh, I need you know, I need males between the ages of thirty five and fifty. Well, that's really not a target market. That's just Ew. a demographic uh -huh. market. Right. You need to find out what are those males mm -hmm. in that age group? Mm -hmm. You know, are they African-American? Are they Caucasian? Are they, or doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter, but maybe they have a certain income level. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've got to really start whittling it down to figure out, do these guys like to drive cars? Mm -hmm. maybe they don't like to drive cars. Maybe they like to be outdoors guys and go mm -hmm. out and hike and everything else. So you've got to really figure that out. And it takes a bit of time and effort to do that. And what's your goal? Right. Are you just trying to raise awareness? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to generate leads? What are you trying to do here? So mm -hmm. if you figure it out and you just put a, a plan in place, it all becomes much clearer. Right. And, and that is one of the hardest things to do, especially for a small business owner, because they don't want to leave anyone out. You know, we've, I've talked before on the program when we've asked people, you know, who is your target market? And they, they smile and they say, everyone. No. <laughs> yeah. you know? And you know, even for the brand, <laughs> target is not everyone. Um, you know, and 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 you know, and, and we mentioned the fact that you know sometimes influencers are used to weed people out. Um, you know, uh, Colin Kaepernick again, one of those those examples where you know I'm I'm watching on social media on Facebook with people saying I'll never buy Nike, but I never bought Nike to start with. Okay, well then Nike didn't care. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and we see those things all the time where it is kind of used to weed somebody out and, and we do that. We should be doing that with our own, you know, our marketing all the time. You know, we're not marketing to everyone. So how are we defining it to get the right people? Exactly. It's, and there's a process involved in turn, mm -hmm. trying to figure that out. And I'll tell you, even big companies at times have a difficult time figuring that out. And they spend a lot of time right. and money uh, on consultants mm -hmm. to help them figure that out. Because it's not always so clear cut. No. Uh, especially when a company starts adding products and services mm -hmm. to its portfolio. 
Well, now they are expanding the target market and then they have to segment it out and they have to figure out, well, how are we going to market to this segment as opposed to that segment? Now, from a smaller business point of view, the, the, a classic mistake is just what you pointed out. Well, we, we market to everybody who wants to come in and buy something. Well, you know, that's really not true. Right. Right. Because if you walk into any shop in any 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 mall or any little shop anywhere. I mean, there is a certain market that they're going after, and it's usually pretty clear by the products right. that they've got out and that mm-hmm. they're trying to that they're selling. So, uh, for instance, I worked with a, a jewelry company here last year in Houston, and one of the you know one of the, the one of the challenges they face is they're trying to do so much at once, right? And they've got a very limited staff, mm-hmm. right? They don't have a lot of people. But they're all they're trying to do lots of stuff. So it really helps to the overwhelm, right? To cut mm-hmm. down on the overwhelm, focus on the target market, focus on those people that come in and buy, notice who they are. Right. What's the, yeah, right. And keep records of that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if you notice, oh, it's all younger people between the ages of, you know, 18 and 25, or you know, middle-aged people mm-hmm. between the ages of 35 and 45, or mainly women in that age, you know, now you're starting to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. And now you can start to really market to those people a little bit more effectively. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I talked to the jewelry company about was, you know, here in Houston, I said to them, you should own Houston. Mm-hmm. You should own the Houston market. Once you get beyond the Houston, then you can start thinking, you know, to Austin. Then right. you can start thinking Dallas. Then you can start thinking Beaumont. Then you can start thinking not Dallas. thinking New York as your right. next Right. I'm not step. thinking New York, LA, you know. I mean, no. Here, people, when they buy, for instance, an engagement ring, it's it's a very personal process, I find, because that's what my wife and I did. We mm-hmm. went to somebody, we sat down, we got educated. Uh, I, I don't know the first thing about diamonds, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, there's a whole thing you got to learn about diamonds, cut, mm-hmm. clarity, weight, whatever. And you've got to figure out, well, okay, you know, do we want to spend this amount of money or do we want to spend that amount of money? Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of figure it out with your budget and everything mm-hmm. else. And what these guys do that I, I mentioned, that they sit down with you and they personally walk through the whole process. They mm-hmm. educate. Right. Um, but I said to them, one of the things you can do to own Houston is to work with influencers who are based here in Houston, right. who have large or substantial influencer, you know, fo- you know, I have a large following on something like Instagram or something mm-hmm. and work with them. What you do is you don't give them the jewelry, but you lend them the jewelry for the right. photo shoots mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're doing because they're always doing some kind of photo shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am you know, having coffee with my friend or, you know, and I, here's my necklace, you know, the dress or whatever, you know, weave your product into all of that. <clears throat> You're going to have to pay them obviously to do that, but you can work something out that's right. probably pretty affordable. And when they mention your jewelry in the, in their posts, what you're doing, you're really building that brand awareness, right? Now you're really, now you're really catering to that market in a way that you're not through your traditional marketing, which is, you know, setting out flyers and doing whatever else they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're really trying to approach them on a personal level because because mm-hmm. people are going to look at that in, influencer's account and say, "Wow, that, I like the way she's dressed there," right? right. Hey, where'd you get that? You know, and they'll even they'll even contact the influencer saying, "Where'd you get the dress?" You know, you know how much was it? You know everything. Else. And you know now the influencers are savvy enough to know, here's where I got it. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, this is where you you know this is the price point. You know, and they do the same with the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Here, go go to this jewelry place, and they can they can fix you up with this, mm-hmm. right? And they can even do custom jewelry mm-hmm. for you. So, 
that's what a smaller businesses can start to look at. Think about your local market and really think about owning your local market first before New York and LA right, and right. Know, Chicago and all that stuff. Well, and again, it comes back to, you know, picking the, the right influencer. You know, if, if you're, you know, the, the, the jewelry store that appeals to kind of mid-level people, then having the top pitcher from the Houston Astros who makes millions of dollars a year do the Houston Astros still exist? Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Deb, come on. <laughs> Go Rockies. We won, 20, we won um, 2017 World Series. We might do it again this true, year. <laughs> this is true. Um, but, you know, having somebody of that level pitching it, then the immediate assumption is it must be an expensive place. But if you have somebody else who, again, you know, maybe they, they just have 10,000 followers on Instagram, but they're who you want, you know, they're, they're representative of who you want to reach. That's the important thing, um, you know, and, and, but yeah, if you've got a top level product, then you might want that top level influencer. Yeah. It, it, again, it depends on what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. People immediately think that if I, Kim Kardashian can t- wear my product. I'm going to be set. You know, right. all these people come in with that, that. Nothing could be further from the truth, mm-hmm. right? Just because Kim does that or, you know, some Astros guy has your watch on doesn't mean that it's going to just explode and everything. That's a misperception. Right. And, and that's a misperception going back for a long time now. Celebrities have been paid to wear all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. We know that watches and, Drive just look at like one of the awards programs with who are you wearing? I mean, that's one of the first questions that they, they for the women especially, and who are you wearing today? Yes, because it's an advertisement at that point, right? But that doesn't mean that you, you know, that it, what that does is it's brand awareness to mm-hmm. me because it's like if you see an attractive celebrity on the red carpet before they're going into some you know, something like, uh, you know, some award ceremony. Oscars, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Oscars or something like that. That's a that's that's to say, hey, you're wearing Oscar de la Renta, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Hey, I like that dress. Maybe I'll think Oscar de la Renta next time I go to Macy's or something mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know. But you're not going to say, oh, that dress, I have to have that dress. I think that's pretty rare, you know, or somebody to say, wow, I have to have that dress and I have to, you know, because a lot of times those are custom made. Right. Those, mm-hmm. those celebrities, because it's a, it's a display. It's a. It's something that's sort of supposed to pop. Right. It's. It's not off the rack. Right. It's not off the rack. It's meant to. It's meant to elevate the brand in the mind of the mm-hmm. of the viewer. Right. Yeah. So there's a certain a specific purpose to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you know Kim Kardashian doesn't come strolling up the red carpet wearing, "Hey, I got this off the rack at Macy's." You know, no, <laughs> that just doesn't yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that would seem odd, wouldn't it, at this point? I mean, she could probably pull it off, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because she would, and and you know, there there actually have been times where celebrities have done that, and but they've spun it in in a way where it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, this this is the way to do it. But yeah, they they know exactly what they're doing, and I think that's the other thing is you know, a, a true influencer really does know what they're doing, and they're going to track it. So they're going to be able to tell you, you know, hey, Tom, you know, we talked about your product in, you know, this blog post. We got 25 questions about it. We had five people that said, hey, they liked it, because, of course, they want you to come back to them. So they should be showing you the results as well as you should be tracking them yourself. 
Well, that's a, what you're pointing out there is true. Uh, a savvy influencer is somebody who really regards it as a, a bit of a business mm -hmm. to be an influencer. It's right. going to look at it that way. They're not just going to leave it to you on your own to mm -hmm. figure out the engagement and everything. They're going to report back and say, look, you know, uh, you know, this didn't work out, I, you know, or, or this one really went, this one took off. I mean, I got 50 questions mm -hmm. about this particular scarf you, you, you supplied to me. And, you know, now they're all asking questions, look at it. You can even see it on the feed, you know, and then I'm getting questions, you know, DMs, you know, direct messages mm -hmm. saying, Hey, where did you get that? And everything right. else. So the influencer that you're working with should be able to supply that information. And that's what's called engagement. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's something that's become much more prominent today is looking for quality engagement, not just likes, mm -hmm. you know, or retweets or right. reshares, whatever, mm -hmm. which is which is fine. But they want to see comments. Mm -hmm. They want to see actual inquiries, you know, of some sort or another mm -hmm. about it. Right. Some sort of because it's really easy to share, to retweet, to whatever. And yeah, so that, that, that really does make it somewhat meaningless. Exactly. So what you're really looking for is, the, is that quality engagement, you know, about the product, about the brand and everything else. And then you should be able to take that back in your business and say, hey, the, you know, the scarf really did well. Mm -hmm. This one didn't with the influencers, but this one did. Mm -hmm. So let's double down on that with mm -hmm. the influencers. Maybe we'll right. give them something similar the next time. Mm -hmm. this other one, we have to figure out maybe that sells better in the shop. Mm-hmm but it doesn't do well with an influencer. It doesn't mean that it's a crummy product. Right. It just means that maybe for whatever reason with that influencer it didn't do well, maybe we'll try it with a different influencer mm -hmm. who has a slightly different take on things. So you can experiment and get creative. And I think that the major brands do this. They, they try things out. They know after a period of time, oh, this kind of beauty product is going to work well with you know, the 16-year-old that we talked about on Instagram. But the 28-year-old who has a YouTube channel over here likes to do, use this kind of product instead. You know, so it's all about, you know, it's all about figuring that out. And that's, to me, part of the fun. Right. Oh, yeah. All just pure data it would be like kind of dry, looking at spreadsheets all day, trying to figure this out. But there's a, this is the human element. Mm -hmm. You know, the influencer is going to really gel with certain things, and the audience is going to gel mm -hmm. with certain things too. You just need to figure that out a little mm -hmm. bit. Right. Well, you know, let's, let's talk more about how does somebody find an influencer? Um, you know, because we're thinking, okay, this sounds great, but I don't even know who to ask. How, how do we find that influencer? Well, there's a, a first, let's, let's again, dial it back and figure out, you got to ask yourself your, your business. What mm -hmm. is it? Right. What is your business? What goal do you want to achieve? Right? Do I just do I just want to get more awareness about my products out there? You know, the brand. I'm building my brand. I want to know. I want to be well known in like the the LA market, for instance. Mm -hmm. so I'm operating in LA. I want to be. I want to know about. I want everybody to know about me in the LA market. What do I need to do to do that? Right. Mm -hmm. What influencers do I need to work with there? So let's say you're uh, you're a small fashion brand or something. Well, the first place I would look is platforms where those people operate. So meaning the influencers. So right. that's going to be Instagram and YouTube mostly. It's mm -hmm. got to be visual. Okay. Very difficult to write about on a blog post about fashion. I mean, mm -hmm. you could do it from an industry perspective. Mm -hmm. but if you're going to talk about it from a personal, I'm dressing up in this particular outfit. That's better done through video and right. picture. Yeah, I want to see 
what yes. that outfit looks I like. I want to see, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see the person in it. I want to see them in the different environments. You know, I want to see them having coffee and tea, uh, you know, out by the Champs-Élysées in Paris or something, you know. I want to see all of that, right? And then I, in my mind, I can put together whether that's going to be a good fit. So you look for you look for the platform specific, you know, you go for like Instagram and YouTube, anything that's visual. So Twitter and LinkedIn are are not really going to be for you. Facebook might be good too. Mm-hmm. Facebook would be good too, but Instagram is very visual, mm-hmm. right? It's got you've got the stories, you've got the the photos and the posts, you've got lots of things to look for. Now to find them, there's a few different methods. One, you can just put in a hashtag and search under the hashtag mm-hmm. in Instagram itself, and mm-hmm. it'll pull up all of these different posts, and you'll you'll see the posts, and then you can start to to figure out the info. So that's a bit time consuming, mm-hmm. but it's it's one way to do it. The, the more common way now is to use a platform. Mm-hmm. So you can go to an influencer platform, influencer mm-hmm. marketing platform. And there's, you know, one I point people to to start out with is called Scrunch, scrunch.com. Mm-hmm. Go to Scrunch. Scrunch actually gives you a free trial version to, tr- to, to check ah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could plug in, I'm looking for fashion. I'm looking for this target demographic in, in terms of age, you know, where they live mm-hmm. and, It'll pull again, up all the more the, specific you can get, yeah, the better it's going to be. Exactly. Now, you now once you do the paid version, they give you more statistics. Mm. But that is using a platform like that. Another one is Open Influence, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you're more of a bigger brand, you're probably going to be looking at, you know, something like Tracker. If mm-hmm. you're doing business to business, you're going to look at Analytica because the Analytica and Tracker, you know, they're more for big enterprises. Mm-hmm. But if you're a smaller business, you're going to look at Scrunch, maybe Open Influence. Or something, or another platform like that. On my blog, I have a post that lists out probably about two hundred wow. different platforms, mm-hmm. tools to use. Now, once you, the first step is finding a bunch of influencers. Let's say I find a, a list and I have fifty. Well, now I have to sort, I have to sort of vet them, mm-hmm. as I call it, to vet the influencer, right. make sure. So you're going to look at the quality of the content. Mm-hmm. You're going to look at how often do they post. How big is the audience? Does the audience engage? They might have a big audience, but maybe right. they don't get a lot if, of it. If they're just, you know, the tree falls in the woods and nobody responds. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't necessarily want to be on that influencer's mm-hmm. feed, right? You'd rather be on a feed with a, an influencer as a smaller audience, maybe five, 10,000 followers, but they're really engaged. Right. Right. That's where you'd rather be. Mm-hmm. Now, in my industry, we break those people out into like you know, called macro influencers mm-hmm. with really big followings. Then you get the micro influencers, micro that are like around a hundred thousand or so. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get the nano influencers that are down in the you know ten thousand and below. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter. And I would work with a group of each in, mm-hmm. in each. So get a couple of macro. They're mm-hmm. going to be a little more expensive because bigger audience. Right. Then get a few in the in the micro range, and then get a whole bunch in the mic in the nano range. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a whole bunch of influencers that are, you know, big big time have big time followings, and then smaller followings. And mm-hmm. you're going to figure out as you work with them who you like to work with, mm-hmm. who's easy to work with. That's very important too. Some will get back to you fast. Some will not get back to you fast. <laughs> so, so, you know, and you're so are, busy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, everybody's busy, but right. you know, what are their priorities? Are their priorities in line with yours? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to figure that out a little bit. I know that there are some 
tools coming out probably the next year or so that are going to start to rate the influencers ah. based, you know, based yeah, and the, and the businesses and the marketers who work with them are going to rate them. Oh, so okay. that's something to look forward to. I, th I think I, I actually would welcome that because it mm -hmm. would help. Right. Yeah. If somebody's because getting a two-star You can have rating. the biggest influencer in the world, but if they're a pain in the, you know what to work with, right. you're not going to work with them. Right. Now, keep in mind, somebody who's got millions of followers is going to be very expensive to work with. Right. Just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a, a smaller budget, you're going to look towards the, the nano influencers or the micro influencers mm -hmm. most likely. And you could do perfectly fine with them. Right. Statistically, those people have better engagement anyway. And I'll tell you why. And, and you're, going to, you're going to recognize this, Deb, as soon as you hear it. If you're following Kim Kardashian and, and you post a question on her Instagram feed, you know the likelihood of her getting she back ain't to you responding. ain't going to respond, mm -hmm. right? But with a micro-influencer who has maybe 10,000 followers and you ask a question, you have a much higher likelihood of that person responding to you right. with, in person mm -hmm. and saying, hey, Deb, great question. Here's what I would do if I were you. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. That is the kind of, that is a connection. Mm -hmm. right? right. So now Deb is saying, Hey, I like this influence. She mm -hmm. gets back to me. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to her content more because she's mm -hmm. a real person. She's mm -hmm. not just a celebrity anymore. Right. I mean, right. so there's that connection and that's why that, that works that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, as you were saying, research them, um, you know, you want to know what, what all they're doing and, you know, and, and is it something that you want to work with? Um, I was thinking about this this morning because I listened to a radio uh, station here in Atlanta who has a gentleman on who I think used to be a very big name media person here and he has retired. So now he just does paid spots. Um, now, you know, I recognize that they're paid spots. I'm not sure all the listeners do, but, you know, I recognize, okay, you know, he's, because it will say sponsored by, it's kind of a given. And, but he, and so every day he does a 30 second, 60 second commentary. And it's usually a politically oriented. Ah. And, you know, and, and it's his view. I mean, he is saying this is, you know, this is what I think, you know, all these various things, but. I don't like it. It's annoying. He, you know, and, and, and the way he says it is annoying and just, you know, all sorts of things. And so what happens is when I hear the, the other people he is advertising for, I immediately think, Ugh. You know, do I want to go there because he sponsors them? So, you know, and, but it, it comes back to, okay, if I agree a hundred percent with what he says, then oh my gosh, he must only pick great companies to, to pitch. So, you know, that's, that's part of doing your research in the influencer. Great. You know, that's a terrific point. Um, and I work with a lot of larger brands too. For instance, right now I'm contracting, I have a contract with SAP Ariba to help them with their external influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. And we're really, really cognizant. Big brands like that are very cognizant of how they're perceived out there, mm -hmm. right? You know, like Disney traditionally is looked at as a family-friendly, right. wholesome, brand. wholesome. Mm -hmm. So they're, tr you know, they've gone a little off the reservation in recent years with this, or experimented a bit. But traditionally, they would not go with anybody who curses, who is, you mm -hmm. know, exhibiting bad behavior right. out and, there. That, an and, actor and, that does R-rated movies, maybe not. Right, they'll cut them off, or mm -hmm. they just won't work with them. Well, many brands are like that. Mm -hmm. It's just that. 
you know, they have different parameters that they put around what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. So any big company I've worked with is very cognizant of that. So mm -hmm. if the influencer is going off, you know, they might be really buttoned down on one platform, but on another platform on Twitter, for instance, they right. might be ranting and raving about politics. You know, my recommendation in that case is to not work with the influencer mm -hmm. because it's very polarizing, mm -hmm. right? Whether you agree with what the influencer right. is saying or not is almost mm -hmm. irrelevant because mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're turning off half of your market. Mm -hmm. Half the people out there are not going to like it. Right. The other half might think it's great, but mm -hmm. you really want to run the risk of, and what if they take that political ranting and raving and then start it on their, the other platform that you're actually working with them on, like mm -hmm. Instagram or something like that? What if they start, start peppering it with that? Mm -hmm. So that's a red flag to me, a caution flag. Um, and there's all sorts of things. It's like cursing. Mm -hmm. If the, if the person curses a lot, that can turn off, right. that can turn you off. Mm -hmm. I can say, look, you know what? My customers are not into that. I'm not into that. That's fine if they want to do that, but I'm going to find another influencer right. who doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. So these are, these are considerations that are really pretty important and brands, whether you're a small brand or whether you're a large brand, you've got to really think about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's part of the vetting process, as I, as I right. call it, you know, quality of the oh. content, what they're saying, where they're saying right. it, how they're saying it. And you want to build it into your agreement with them, you know, that right. if, you know, it, it, you know for, for employees, it's, you know, it's, it's a morality clause. And, you know, same type of thing might apply. In fact, we've seen it happen all the time where a celebrity has done something <laughs> and all of a sudden they lose their endorsements um you know and and you know sometimes it's it's a simple thing sometimes it's it's something fairly major but you know they the company just says nah you know that's that's not our brand that's not Good our brand to you mm -hmm. right those are not the values that mm -hmm. we that we're about right. and every business mm -hmm. whether it's a solo entrepreneur all the way up to a major fortune mm -hmm. 100 company should think about that. Right. Think about what is what is my brand about, right? What what am I about? What do I stand for? What what kind of behavior is acceptable to me? What is not? And that's something that I don't think a lot of smaller businesses really think mm -hmm. enough about. Right. And we really, just want to sell our product. Right. They're also worried about you know sales this mm -hmm. this month, um, but really, if this all helps the sales. If you take some time to sit back and, and just meditate about what's my business about and mm -hmm. you know, what do we really want to do with it here? Is it just about selling stuff to get money? Uh, well, that's a little shallow and vapid. I right. mean, yeah, that's, that's a necessary in life, of course. But usually it's like, well, if I think about why I'm doing something, well, it's to be independent. Right. It's to be, maybe it's to, so that I have more time with my family. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, gee, I have a couple of causes that I'd really like to take mm -hmm. some of the profits and put them towards. Mm -hmm. That Now you're getting into your why. Right. And, and the why is all about your values mm -hmm. and what you really, what you really cherish. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> every business should look at that. Right. You know, and I'll just tell you, most of the major brands do just that. Yes. And mm -hmm. they spend a lot of time and money on it. Right. And they, they make sure that their employees understand that, that their customers understand that. You should too, mm -hmm. if you're just a small business, solo entrepreneur, even sit down over a weekend and just sketch this stuff out. Just write it down. Turn off all distractions. No Facebook. 
No Facebook, none of it. Just turn it all off. Mm-hmm. Sit out on the porch and listen to the birds and, and the, you know, the wind and the trees and just, just write down the things that are important and it'll help you figure out what your values are mm-hmm. and what you're really about and why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Always go back to those core values and really those, those, will, those will help you in whatever marketing you're doing, including right. marketing. Golly, Tom, we have you have spent the whole hour, and we didn't get to talk about something that I really, really, really want to talk about. So we're just going to have to have you on again, and that's how to kind of become an influencer. Oh, sure. Yeah. You, know, you you want to be an influencer for other people, or more importantly, you want to be an influencer for your own company. Um, you know, and and because I think that's important too is how do people you know how how can we become our own influencers? It's not just about having you know a certain number of people following us on Facebook and all of those things, but you know how do we become that influencer? So we'll just have you on again. Um, <laughs> hey, and, look, and, that's a great topic. <laughs> oh yeah, you know because it is you know and I mean there are people who I'm sure are thinking. I could do this, you know, I can, I can be the blogger mom or, you know, all of those various things because it's, you know, it is a business, let's be honest, um, you know, and, and so that's, I think that's a great topic for us to discuss at another time. I'd love to. And it's, that's a great topic. A lot of people are asking that question mm-hmm. these days. Right. And, so and, yeah, and folks, spoiler alert, it's not just to get free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, Tom, you know, oh my gosh, between now and when, when we chat again, how do people reach you and connect with you online? Well, the, uh, there's a few different ways. One, I'm on LinkedIn, right? Um, and I'm just, I'm there as T. Augenthaler. You can mm-hmm. find me. Uh, I'm on Twitter as T. Augenthaler again. And then I have a website called theinfluencemarketer.com. Okay. And that's where I blog and, and, kind of, you know, try to try to share ideas and knowledge with everybody about the industry and how to do things and, and whatnot. And I got that blog post on there with a, like I said, about mm-hmm. 200 plus tools and platforms that people can use to find influencers. Right. Well, and, and I was reading through and, and, you know, there was a, a great one about how to find um, that, that influencer and, and hire them. You know, what, what, what are you looking for? All of those various things. So great resources on your website. Thank you. Well, Tom, as I said, we are at the top of the hour. So what are some final thoughts you would like to leave everyone with? Uh, the final thought is, is like influencer marketing is really, I, I, if you think about influencers or working with influencers uh, uh, for your business, just think of it in terms of it's, it's part of your overall marketing strategy. Don't mm-hmm. think of it as a separate strategy mm-hmm. so much. Just think of it as what are we already doing and how can we wrap influencers into that? Maybe you're going to events. Maybe you've got mm-hmm. trade shows you go to. Well, you know, a lot of influencers go to those now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you could hook up with a couple there, you know, and meet up with them and, and sit down and have a coffee, maybe invite them to lunch or something, whatever you want to do. So think of it as wrapping it into what you're already doing because mm-hmm. it could seem overwhelming otherwise. Um, and it, just remember, there's a bit of a learning curve, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Anything new requires a little bit of learning. So give yourself... The, the okay, that it's going to take a little while to understand this. You know, it might take a couple of weeks, might take a couple of months, no big deal, right? 
uh, I don't have to know it in 24 hours. <laughs> and the other thing is, is that if you get a chance to go to some marketing conferences like Content Marketing World or Social Media World, mm -hmm. uh, and I, now there are some actual influencer marketing conferences mm -hmm. starting to pop up here in the United States, make an effort to go to some of those. Mm -hmm. You will learn more by talking to somebody or listening to somebody for 15, 30 minutes than you will reading 20 blog posts, mm -hmm. right? Sitting down and just having a conversation with somebody at one of these conferences or going to a session, a workshop, believe me, you'll get a lot more. You'll come out of it. You'll be like, wow, now I understand so much more. Great. I love it. You know, and, and I can't wait to put some of these practices in, in use because it is, it's a great way to reach people. Um, you know, and, and, but it, Again, it has to be very strategic. You know, it can't just be, ooh, I like that person. I want them to talk about what I do. It really is about thinking about, as you said, how it becomes part of your marketing plan. Exactly. So until next time, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking with Tom Augenthaler. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.